It's a huge privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, my name is Blessing, Blessing Makumbe. Um, I am going to be sharing the word of God with you from um, the series that we've been doing. And so I'm really excited to be here. I hope it will catch on. I asked how much time I have. So because uh, as, as an African man in England, they are allocated two hours. So when you see that <laughs> person sleeping next to you, just give them a nudge. We haven't even started yet. So I, I really have been encouraged uh, and excited about the series that we've been doing, learning about the Holy Spirit, it being afresh again in our lives, in my life, uh, being excited about the community of the Holy Spirit. So moving away from depending on ourselves as individuals and leaning onto the community and seeing the benefit and the goodness of, uh, of the uh, Holy Spirit as well. So we're going to continue in our series today. I'm going to speak specifically about being led uh, by the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at a few things I am a storyteller, so I'm going to talk about a few stories as well, uh, but we're also going to really go into the Word of God and trust Him to reveal some things about being led in the Spirit of God. So I'm just going to pray before we start and trust Him to come through. Spirit of God, I pray, I ask in the name of Jesus that you will be in this place, that you will amplify the Word of God. You know every single person who's here, who's seated here, and you know where they are and what they need to hear. So may the Spirit of God do its work among your people, in Jesus' name. Amen. We will start by reading from Romans chapter 8, uh, from verse 12 to 14. So Romans 8 from verse 12 to 14. It will come on the screen as well. I, I have a bit of a flu, so let's hope it goes well. And welcome to those online as well. So I will read from uh, verse 12 to 14, Romans 8, 12 to 14. It says... Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by, it, by its detects, you will die. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will put to death the deeds of the sinful nature. You will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Amen. All who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Amen. And we love that piece of scripture when it starts talking about being led by the, by the Spirit of God and knowing that we are the children of God. And at times I started reflecting and thinking, when we find ourselves in tricky situations, what leads us? What begins to guide us? Uh, when you find yourself in moments where you're really trusting God for something, but it's not working out, is fear what starts to drive you? But what starts to drive you in those situations? When you find yourself in uh, places where you're feeling quite tempted by what, what's happening around you, is alcohol something that starts driving you? When you're on the internet and you're just clicking the pages and you're being led from one page to the other, what starts leading you? I just felt that it was important to start by a clear reminder uh, this morning that those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. And why I started from verse 12, uh, 13, and 14 is I, I love the reminder that the Word of God says. It tells us that we have no obligation to do what the sinful nature urges us to do. For if it live by its defects, then you will die. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have put to death uh, the deeds of a sinful nature, and you will live. There is an aspect that is being highlighted in this piece of scripture, that there is death and there is life. Or you can enjoy life now, but there is death at the end. And you choose what you want to do. The Bible talks about, I love how... Uh, when we read in Proverbs 5, we're hearing about this beautiful lady. When she opens her mouth, you know, the words that come out of her mouth are like honey. But in the end, it leads to death. 
And you can choose to enjoy the sinful pleasures that you are exposed to right now, but the, the end game is death, or you can, give, you can choose to give up the pleasures right now, to let go. I'm going to let the sin that is simmering in my heart because I have no obligation to sin. I'm going to let it to die so that I can have life and life in abundance. So we're going to explore that as well. Uh, this is going to be the anchor verse that we're going to use. We're going to explore it, uh, use it as we build up what God has in store for us today. So I'll start by highlighting a little bit about myself. As I said, I'm a storyteller. Uh, so you get to know where I am, what has happened in my life, and we catch along and we get into the Word of God and trust Him to continue speaking. So in the year 1999, um, in Zimbabwe, things were really, really going very well. So I'm from Zimbabwe. Um, my parents were doing quite well. And then one day my dad came back and he said he had a strong sense in his life that God has spoken to him and we needed to move to Cape Town where he would go to Bible school for the next six years. So he would do his uh, degree, then he would do his master's, and after he's done, he would go back to Zimbabwe. And why he felt this as well, he did some research and he realized that only 10% of pastors at that time in Zimbabwe were educated. And he felt that this was not good for the church, uh, that only 10% had degrees, so he really wanted to go out, learn, and then go back and start educating people as well. So what he did is he said, okay, we're going to go away on a, a trip. We're going to fast and pray uh, as a family. And then we took out our, uh, a younger brother at that particular stage. We went to, a, to this place for about four days. We spent time seeking and praying and trusting God to speak to us. And then after that event, we all felt at peace and realized it was time for us to move to South Africa. We left the, at that point, uh, trust me, Zimbabwe was still fairly comfortable. We left all the comforts of Zim, and then we went into South Africa um, from this, what we perceived to be a luxury life, and we moved into a two-bedroom apartment uh, at the college that my dad would then go through Bible school. And so we did that um, in the year 2000. We moved to South Africa. And then a lot of things happened in between, but in 2008, uh, my dad was reminded of his calling not to get too comfortable now with South Africa and go back to Zim. And 2008 was a particularly hard year. Um, it, it was really hard globally, but it was also really hard in Zimbabwe. I remember buying a can of Coke for about $30, and I, I just could not believe how is that possible. So that's just over 20 pounds. It was just crazy. The inflation was really, really bad at that particular time. But he decided to go back into Zim. And for the next seven years, it was really, really hard on them and on us as a family. We stayed in, in Cape Town, my brothers, and they went back to Zim. Uh, it was really hard on um, them at that particular point for seven years. But fast forward and where we are today, I remembered what we did before they moved to South Africa. We spent time praying and trusting God to speak to us, and we found peace. And now where they are, they find themselves in a place where they've been able to expand their church. So they have eight physical buildings in Zimbabwe because of what God is doing. They are now in Malawi, three physical churches there, and spreading the word of God. And why I tell you this story and why it is just a reminder for me this morning is when you choose to remain in the comforts of what you know and God is speaking to you, you never know truly what the future holds because you hold on to something that you believe is comfortable for you. At that particular point in time, 99, Zimbabwe was very comfortable for us, but he would have never been able to build the churches that he has done right now, holding on to what he had, holding on to the business that he had, but he put his trust in God, and God has moved him and done great things through his life. The same thing applies to 
Sarah and I and uh, little Alex as well, uh, and how we moved to the UK. Because then we moved, I moved in South Africa in the year 2000. And then in the year 2019, uh, I had the privilege of, I, I got an email in May to meet uh, one of our, our directors who was coming to uh, South Africa at that particular stage. And I went to meet this man uh, for lunch, so I had 45 minutes with him. And then as we were having lunch, things were progressing. I, I felt it was just a casual lunch. Around the 30 minute mark, he said to me that it is time for you to move and to leave this market area and choose another place. Uh, and I felt, okay, I mean, how, how does this work? <laughs> we're just having lunch. And I said, I would need time to think about where I would like to move. And then he said, no, you don't get this opportunity of sitting down with me every time and having lunch with me. So you have to make your choice now. And at that point, I started praying and trusting God to speak to me. And then he said, yeah, so tell me where you would like to go because our company operates in 180 countries. And then I said, okay, in that case, I will uh, choose the United Kingdom. And then he asked me why. And I said, because my wife's company uh, is in the uh, uh, United Kingdom, the head office. So if I have to go back home and tell her we're moving, uh, let me also find a reason to motivate why. <laughs> Uh, and, and give her a reason. So he said, okay, so then go and tell your wife uh, that you need to start packing bags uh, and, and you get ready to do that. At that point, we had a, a six-month-old uh, boy, uh, also a very comfortable life in South Africa with our nanny, all the support structures, and I'm driving back from this meeting and I have to deliver news to my wife that the, what turned out to be lunch <laughs> is now a move uh, for us out of this uh, uh, this country. So I drove, it was not a, yeah, a very easy uh, playing it in my mind, how am I going to present this, your boy is going to be fine, just six months, we will do it together, it's, it's going to be okay. Went and presented my case to her, and surprisingly she took it well, we went, we discussed with the pastors and the different types of people that we trusted, we started praying into this, again leaning into the community, and that's how we moved in uh, September 2019. And who would have known at that time, that by, when we move, I would find myself standing here in front of you and sharing the word of God. And why I say that is, again, there is something that feels like a temporary pain at that particular stage for long-term gain. We don't understand certain things that are happening or happen in our lives when we yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. But we can trust Him with our lives and know that He's in control and is going to take us step by step. With that, we're going to step into the word of God as well and see uh, some of those people that were led by the Spirit of God. So I want to read uh, firstly from Acts chapter 8, uh, verse 26 to 30, and then I will read from 36 to 40. So Acts chapter 8. It says that, uh, as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. He met the treasurer of, the, uh, of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the uh, Kangate, uh, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And then verse 29 says, The spirit of the Lord said to Philip, Go and walk uh, beside the carriage. Philip ran over and had the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? And then I jumped to verse 36. He says, as they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop. 
And they went into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself uh, further north at the town of uh, Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Philip was led initially by the angel of the Lord, and then we read in verse 29 that he was led by the Spirit of God to go alongside uh, the eunuch and to hear what he was reading. And he responded and he yielded to the Spirit of God as he was led by the Spirit of God. And I just want to say as I read this passage, we spoke about baptism as well. That's coming on the 17th of, of June. And if something is tearing in your heart, this is your next step. I want to encourage you to join the Zoom uh, call this evening. And it could be your next step as well as this man had the word of God being interpreted to him. Immediately he made a choice he'll be baptized. And probably you need to make that choice today and to also yield to baptism. But he, he listened to the word of God. He listened to what the Spirit of God was saying. Uh, in this case, uh, Philip. And he went and he preached the word of God. And he never saw the guy again. He doesn't even know what he went on to do. But we understand he was a man of authority who went on his way and would go and change generations. Because Philip listened and yielded to the Spirit of God. I wonder what you would have done when the Spirit of God said, run, walk by alongside this man. Would you have yielded to the Spirit of God? I wonder what you would do when the Spirit of God says there's a man who's sitting there by themselves who's on that bench and needs to hear the word of God. They're grasping with something. Would you yield to the Spirit of God as he's speaking to you and challenging you to do that? So I want to talk about five things. I mean, there are a lot of things that we can talk about, but I just want to talk about five things that I do, some of the secrets in my life I want to share with you as a church and to trust God to, to steer something out of these things. There is a lot more that you can do about being led by the Spirit of God. But I want to focus on these five things for today. The first thing is, when we talk about being led by the Spirit of God, it is an aspect that also challenges us to pray, to pray at all times, to pray before you answer, especially when you find yourselves in tricky situations. I, I love this because I'm always reminded and I always make reference to this passage of Scripture that we find in Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 4. When Nehemiah wants to rebuild the, uh, the walls of Jer Jerusalem, he wants to rebuild Jerusalem at that particular stage, and he has an opportunity to speak to the king. And the Bible says in uh, Nehemiah 2 verse 4, before he responded, he prayed to God when, the God. when the king had asked him, how can I help you? He prayed, and then he answered to, the, to, to God. And for me, this has been a verse that has stuck through with me, even when I had the opportunity of the lunch, to pray first before I answer when I'm being asked tricky situations, to trust the Spirit of God to lead me in conversations, in discussions that are happening around me. And I want to encourage you and challenge you. Uh, this is something I do in meetings, when I'm presenting whatever is the case, when I'm being asked the question, I pray. And I ask the Spirit of God, help me. I don't know how to do it. I'm not leaning on my own understanding, but I'm putting my trust in you, Christ Jesus. Because your answer is far better than my answer. Your wisdom is far better than my wisdom. And I need to lean on to your wisdom. I may think I'm well prepared for this topic, but it will never become as good as if I lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this is something I really want to encourage you to start doing. Church, it is so powerful to believe in the Holy Spirit to lead you. You have no idea. It's something that is burning in me that I hope it will catch up on you as well. We use a model uh, in business, and if you, have gone to, if you have also seen it through just different business teachings uh, that we call VRIO, 
I'm going to talk about business as well because I'm in this space. And value is a model that we look at and we say, when we are creating a product, is our product going to give us competitive sustainable advantage over our competitors? And we begin to look at certain aspects. We start looking, okay, is this thing valuable? Can I say this thing is valuable? Is it rare? Can someone else imitate it? Is it organized? If it meets all those criteria, then we're going to create a sustainable competitive advantage. I want to tell you, church, as Christians who believe in Christ, as children of God who are led by the Spirit, that when you put your faith in Christ, you have the privilege of leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit. And this gives you, a, a, in a way, almost feels wrong, but it's also very good, an unfair advantage over situations that you find yourself in. Because you trust in God, Romans 5 verse 2 says, because you have put your faith in Christ, you find yourself in a place of undeserved privilege. Because you have put your faith in Christ. This is your right as children of God. You can find yourself in places where you have undeserved privilege, where you have un sustainable advantage. It may feel unfair, but this is the favor of God that he has placed upon you when you begin to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit. When you begin to see, oh, God, come. Spirit of God, come. You can do something. Church, may this catch up onto, onto you, that we can lean into the power of the Holy Spirit because he gives us this uh, undeserved privilege unfair advantage over situations as you lean on to him, as you pray, as you trust him to speak. The second thing I want to highlight is something that I, I truly love as well. We find in John uh, chapter 5, uh, verse, uh, uh, John 15, verse 5 to 8, talking about remaining in Christ, remaining in the vine. Uh, for apart from me, you can do nothing, verse 5. Verse 6, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered in a pile to be burned. But you remain in me, and my words remain in you. You ask of anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my disciples. This, this brings glory to your Father. Remain in Christ. Remain anchored in him. Even when it comes to winter, when the leaves have fallen, remain in him. There's no branch that says, oh, that tree looks a little bit more attractive. Let me cut myself and jump onto that branch. It remains anchored in him, even when you don't see it. This is my encouragement to you. When you're being led and know that you're trusting in the Spirit of God, it may look dry at that particular point, but remain anchored in the vine because there's no other safe place than being in him. And what I love about this is, it begins to help us to understand. It, it talks about you can pray and you can ask God for anything and it will be done. And when you remain, when you are truly anchored in Christ, you see even the way that you pray is praying in accordance to his will. You begin to ask, oh God, let your will be done. Lead me into your will. And then you will see that God begins to answer what you're trusting him for. Your prayers are no longer about you and enjoying what you think is good, but your prayers are about Christ and Christ's purposes and plans upon your life. And he will reveal that to you as you continue to pray as well. The third thing I want to say, which sounds a bit contradictory to the first one, is uh, when you're being led by the Spirit of God, you run away at times and you think about it later. You just run for your life. I love this, and I make reference to the story of Joseph. Uh, when Joseph got tempted, and we find it in, in uh, Genesis chapter 39, when he's being tempted and he's being asked uh, by the wife of Potiphar to sleep with, uh, with her, he, he did not think twice about this. He, he just stood up and he ran because he knew immediately that this was not right. 
This cannot be right. Church, they, you don't need to pray over every situation. There are certain situations that, that you need to know that this is no longer right. This is, this, this can, this is not safe. Run with your life. Run. Immediately, you see mm, things are no longer going well here. You, 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 you can't continue ministering when things are not. Run. You can't say, I need to pray for Potiphar's wife. Or that. Run for your life. That is being led by the Spirit of God. Run. Just go. You know, if Joseph had decided to enjoy the temporary pleasures of Potiphar at that particular time, it would have led to death, as we read in Romans chapter 8. But he, he decided not to enjoy the temporary pleasure. He, he let that die for long-term gain. You know, if, if Joseph had slept with her, we would have never known the redemption that he did for the children of Israel. We would have never known the, union that, and the reunion that he did with his brothers, meeting again his father. It, it would have all died on this temporary pleasure that he would have gained, and there would have been no life. Church, run with your life. Don't, don't, don't play around with these things. You see, this situation is becoming tricky. Go. You're being led by the Spirit of God. You, you don't need to prophesy in those moments. Go with your life. The fourth thing I want to highlight is also trust in Him, even when it doesn't make sense. Trust in God even when it doesn't make sense. I, I love the reference of uh, Jesus to, to Peter in uh, Mark 8, 33, when he says to, to Peter, uh, when, when Jesus is talking about crucifixion, get behind me, Saturn. You see things merely from a human point of view, not God's view. At times when we continue to look at situations in the view that we see them as human beings, they are very daunting. We don't understand it. I, I hear of uh, some guys who are on missions in... Uh, I forgot the place where Andy is also encouraging uh, these guys. Uh, and they only get electricity for four hours a day. So in the, in the four hours that they get electricity, they need to plan to do their laundry, to cook their food, to use internet. They have left the luxuries and the pleasure of what we have, the access to electricity, the access to everything that we have, to go into a place where they only have four hours of electricity in, because they have yielded to what the Holy Spirit has said and to search for souls. It, it doesn't make sense. For me, I think, how would I yield to that? But people are yielding because they, are, they know that, yes, it may look like I'm losing, but it is just temporary loss for a greater gain, and that is the kingdom of God. God is using us and is moving us in, in, in a way greater than what we see. So continue to trust him even when it doesn't make sense. Then the last point I want to highlight as well is being led by the Spirit of God means being proactive from your end. So it, it may involve fasting and praying, pray into situations before they take place. And I love uh, also just making reference to Exodus chapter 13, chapter 33, verse uh, 15 to 16, where Moses is chatting and discussing with, uh, with God. And he says, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? And then this piece just does it for me. It says, for your presence amongst us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. The presence of God. I spoke about that Vrio model. You have something, the presence of God sets you apart from everyone else. 
in this world. That is your heritage as a child of God. That is something that you can believe. That God, I will not go there. I will not do that unless your presence is with me. Or lead me, Spirit of God, into that situation. Pray into it. Trust him to speak, to be very clear about it. Lean into the community as we have been learning, into the community of, of, uh, of believers. Say, this is what I feel God is leading me. Pray with others and hear together what Christ is saying. And when you go with the presence of God, when you're being led by the presence of God, you are not the same as everyone else. You have something special upon your life that makes a huge difference on your life. So I really just want to challenge you around this aspect, give you these uh, five points to think, to stew on, and I'm going to invite you soon to, to stand up and we pray to have business with Christ. But as I was also praying and trusting God, what are you saying? I was reminded of the values that we have as a church as well, uh, that we always display here, that, that you can see on uh, every single time that you come to church on our website, ETC. And I was just feeling this morning that there are certain aspects that the Spirit of God wants to lead you. And some of them, you will relate with one, of, uh, one or even more that you see here. What is the Lord saying to you about being generous? Where is the Spirit leading you to be generous? With your money, with your time, we were, talk, we were talking about CAP as well, we were talking about giving earlier on. What is the Lord saying? Is your first step or the next step that you need to take to begin to give into the church, to give more of your time? Where is the Spirit of God leading you? Can you yield to the core of the Spirit of God to let go of what seems to be good right now for greater gain? Where is the Lord challenging you right now to be real with your life, to begin to question, what is leading me in this situation? You know, there's a distinction, but that distinction is not always so easy to see between faith and fear. At times, you are motivated by fear, and you don't know that. You're praying, but you think you're praying because of your faith, yet you're praying because your motivation is fear. What is leading you? Can you be real with yourself this morning and say, I'm going to look at certain situations in my life and there are certain things that need to change, certain habits that I need to stop in my life and be real with yourself and let the Spirit of God do something in your heart as well. Where do you need to be more accepting? What is the Spirit of God saying, challenging you to be more accepting? Where do you need to look and become more accepting? What is the Spirit of God saying about being courageous? About standing up for what you believe? about being courageous because the Spirit of God is speaking. Where do you need to endure more? Yes, I've been enduring, I've been enduring. But holding on to Romans 5, 5, that says, yes, endurance, you go through perseverance, it brings forth hope, and hope doesn't disappoint. And I love what it says in that particular verse, 5, verse 5. It says, because we believe in Christ, we have been given the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, so we will not be disappointed. We can hold on to that. Where do you need to continue to endure? Endure in your life. Diversity. We went uh, four of us, so I went with uh, Sean, Richard, and uh, Ebenezer. So two, 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 two white guys, two black guys. We went to the lakes, and we got to the lakes. Um, and to a bit of my trauma there, we were sleeping in a hostel, so four of us were going to sleep in this, uh, and we still did uh, sleep in this room. And when we got there, uh, the, the two white chaps all of a sudden are feeling hot before we sleep. So I can't fully understand what's happening, and then the black chaps are feeling cold. Uh, and we're in this room together. So there are two sets of windows, uh, and then the, we start discussing, and then we're like, of course, the 
my brothers want to open all the windows in the room. <laughs> I just want to close them all. And then we came up and we agreed that no, we would open one of the windows and then put them close to the window so that they can uh, get a little bit cold and then we sleep as far as possible from the, from the window. But what it did for me at that particular stage is it challenged me uh, personally that when we talk about diversity, we all have to move. And I want to challenge my fellow black brothers and sisters, my fellow uh, brothers and sisters from a minority group, you also have to move when we talk about diversity. This is not a topic where we expect just the white people to move and then we all have to move. And what is the spirit of God saying you need to move on this morning? I can say that because I'm black. I will challenge you and say you need to move as well. We can't be comfortable and sit there and say, no, no, others have to move, others have to move. What is the spirit of God saying? You need to move. This is what I want to encourage you. So I want to invite the band to come over this morning um, and for us to also stand to do a bit of business with Christ to pray, to say, Spirit of God, speak to me. What are you leading me to? What do I need to tighten in my life? What do I need to tune in my life? Where do I need to be real in my life? Where do I need to start being generous? What do I need to do more? What do I need to do less? What is the Spirit of God saying to you this morning? Where are you leading me? What are the next steps are you, I have to take? Yes, I've been praying around that situation, but what are you doing? Where do I need to lean into the community of believers? What are you saying in my life? Uh, th this is just a moment for you yourself to do business with Christ. To say, what are you saying to me? And probably he has already spoken. To say, oh, Spirit of God, help me. Help me. I believe. Help me, help me in that situation. Help me, Spirit of God. Come, lead me. Bring clarity in that situation. Give me boldness to step in. Give me courage. What is the Spirit of God saying to you this morning? What is He saying? <laughs> Lean into the power of the Spirit of God. This is His favor. He did not leave us as orphans. He left us with the power of the Holy Spirit that we can have... A, what we think or may perceive as unfair advantage, but this is the favor of God upon our lives. You can lean into the power of the Holy Spirit. He can lead you, He can guide you. In your day-to-day, -day, in every situation that you find yourself in, you can pray and lean into the power of the Spirit of God. Oh, children of God, those who are led by the Spirit are children of the Father, are children of God. You are led by the Spirit and you can be led by the Spirit this morning. You can lean onto Him. Lean not on your own understanding, but trust in God. Trust in God. Who needs to hear that this morning? To trust in God in that situation. Endure, my sister. Endure, my brother. He's in control. He's in control.